0: Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish.
1: Hello and welcome to another Flying Solo podcast. Now look, Before I get going today, I must tell you about Work Your Way, our new online course featuring over 80 bite-sized lectures and supported by exercises, worksheets and online discussion. We're so excited about it. Please take a look and let us know what you think. It's everything we know about starting, growing or rejuvenating a one-person business. Just head to soloism.com and use the promo code PODCAST for a yummy intro discount. Now, Dominique and Magnus Perry started the online kids clothes brand Baby Dino in 2012. Today they offer a broad range of children's fashion, interiors and toys, all aimed at the 0-10 age group. Dominique puts a large part of her success down to efficient systems and processes and she joins us today to share her tips. Hello Dominique, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: It's great. So look, this is early in the new year. I'm I'm hoping and guessing that you've just recovering from a massive Christmas and New Year's sales spree. Is that is that the kind of feeling?
0: Yes. Everyone kind of winds down in the um, post Christmas um, time, but yeah. Boxing Day sales is one of our busiest. Um, I should I should. I wish it was a day, but it it goes for probably about a week. So, um, yeah, it's all hands on deck until then. And then really the first week of Jan is when we kind of get to relax and have our break.
1: All right. So you're hopefully into that phase now. So, look, I thought what we might do just to kind of kick us off is uh, to get a snapshot of your business today. So, you know, who are you selling to? How is your business tracking? Just give us, if you would, a bit of a picture of your business.
0: Um, So I'm really the only um, day-to-day person um, on from the office side I guess um, so I do all of the buying marketing um, most of the customer service um, and then my husband works part-time on the business and he looks after all of our strategy and finance um, we outsource our IT so we've got web developers who do all of, all of that stuff for us yeah um, and then we've got two casual staff who just do look after all of our stock and they help out with um, a bit of customer service stuff as well. So
1: um,
0: just a very small team.
1: Good. Okay. And intentionally small by the sounds of it.
0: Yeah, that's why we... um, you know, the way we've set ourselves up is so that we don't need to have too many staff. Right, okay. So everything's like very, kind of runs itself.
1: <laughs> oh, that's nice. And so do, the, do you do the design and manufacture yourselves or are you, are you importing? No, we
0: stock, that? yeah, we stock a, a variety of different brands. So right. we're not um, designing and manufacturing. We just, um, we're buying wholesale and yeah, selling okay. retail basically. Got yeah. you.
1: And then, but you keep the stock yourself. So you have it at a location and you dispatch from your location
0: yeah exactly so i'll place the orders um with the different brands that we stock and um then when the stock arrives um our staff will just kind of inbound that into our warehouse so they don't really need to know what's coming um because when it arrives they'll just
1: they'll see it (laughs) yeah
0: well they can match what what's the stocks labelled as with what's sitting in our system. Yeah so okay. I don't need to pre warn them about anything. It's um
1: yeah, It all just arrives and runs. So you've been yeah. running the business for a few years now. So tell me, I know we're going to look into you know what kind of uh, underpins this, largely the success of your business, apart from all the marketing. And I know you've got a big sort of 50,000-odd um, social following on Facebook. So you're clearly doing a great deal on the marketing side of things. But I know from the sort of pre-conversations that we've had that systems and processes is, is what really – um, I think, you know, kind of underpins the success of your business. But before we get on to that, can I ask you, in the sort of first, uh, you know, five or more years that you've been running the business, um, what sort of challenges have you had? You know, a lot of people are dreaming of running an online business, you know, a business where they don't need many staff and they don't need a great deal of, uh, you know, don't need to be holding a great deal of stock. What, have you, what, what sort of things have you learned in your first five years, challenges that have, um, that have kind of got to you a bit?
0: Um, I guess the one of the hardest things starting up was um, just being able to forecast correctly because you know when you're starting out, you don't really have you don't have a customer base and mm-hmm. you don't have any learnings to draw um, information from. so you know knowing how much stock to order is really tricky. Um, and now that we've you know even after one season, you still don't know whether things sold because that's um you know. You know, you just don't know if those no, results okay. are robust enough because it's not enough. Um,
1: not enough of a information track to draw from, exactly.
0: Yes. So, um, you know, the first two years was very much trial and error and just testing different things. And, um, you know, we've we're we've got enough information now to to make really um, educated forecasts. So we're we're really good at forecasting now. But yeah, um, okay. yeah it took us a while to get there.
1: So those early think, years, then presumably, that just put pressure on you in terms of you know, and the sort of capital that you held so that you could exactly, you could It's just very to... high risk.
0: Mm. It's very high risk because we're, we're buying stock and then hoping that we can sell it for more than what we've purchased it from and, sure. you know, pay all that costs and pay ourselves as well. And, um, yeah, you just don't know. You don't want to sell out and have nothing left on the website because then people won't come back if they, if they come mm. and have a look and there's nothing for them. They're not going to have a bad experience and they won't come back. Um, but in, on the same hand, you don't want to have so much stock that you're having to sell it had less than what you paid for it just to clear it. So, sure. um, yeah, it's a fine balance. And so I think one of the other challenges that hmm. we had is um, I guess, and this is something that I think most people that start online stores just don't. They just underestimate, which we totally did as well, is just – how much it actually costs to drive traffic to the website mm. like a lot of people think oh you just set up a website and sit back and watch the sales roll in and it's yep. just so not, not like, like that. that at all no
1: mm. build it and they will come yes but they need to know it's there don't they
0: they need to know about it yeah that's <laughs> yeah. the thing and it's um not cheap to drive, to drive traffic so, no.
1: so mm. look again going back to sort of when you started did you Uh, And I know you did a lot of sort of planning before you started, but are you thinking, did you, I mean, did you have enough reserves? Did you do enough on that side of things? Or was it a bit sort of seat of the pants when you got started?
0: Um, Like we did do some planning, but to be honest, we, knowing what I know now, we didn't do anywhere near as much as what we should have. Um, We should have done a lot more research. We should have, um, I guess one of the tricky things was we were selling to mums, but we weren't parents ourselves so mm. we didn't really understand how what their needs were like we were just Gosh. kind of guessing and yep. um you know we were tweaking as we got feedback and you know we asked friends and things like that but um again like once i became a mom and i really understood okay it's totally different shopping for a 4 year old versus a newborn mm. and you know it sounds so obvious when you say it now but when you're starting up a website and you're not a parent you don't really think about things like that it just kind of gets overseen so um yeah
1: what sort of uh, just mm-hmm. look on i think that's such a, a great point that you make and it's one that you know we're constantly sort of uh, talking about with with people in in the startup phase and it's an area that we've you know we've looked at in in uh, quite a lot of detail in this new course that we've worked on but this whole issue of research, you know, it's so often I think that businesses get started. They have an idea, it's very f- kind of fired up with passion and excitement, and any thought of research can kind of slip out the window. And I'm not saying that's what happened with you, but in hindsight, what, re- how would you have done it? What research might you have done? Do you think, in your instance?
0: Um, well, being an online store, I probably would have. Um, Like I understood the concept of SEO and things like that and we outsourced, um, you know, I thought I understood driving traffic to the website but I didn't really understand conversion rates. So I didn't, you know, the average online conversion rate is 1%. That means you need 100 people to visit your store just to get one sale. Mm. So if you want to get 100 sales, you know, that's a lot of traffic to your website, yeah, Yeah. and um, I guess I just really – I, I knew about that, but I didn't really, it hadn't really sunk in yeah, about okay. how how long it would really take to drive that level of traffic. And something else that I've learned is um, it really just takes time. Like, unless you've got millions to invest into advertising, um, it literally just takes time. So, mm-hmm. you know, every season we're getting um, bigger and bigger. And a lot of that is just, you know, organically. Like, once you get yeah. your customer base, they'll come back and shop again and,
1: and talk about you know, it to others and yeah, so on. Yeah, okay. yeah,
0: but it just takes time. So a lot of people, I see them starting their online stores and saying, I'm not getting any sales, this isn't happening and all my family and friends know but no one's buying and, mm. you know, you can't rely on your family and friends no.
1: to, no, to sadly um, not.
0: be your customers. So no. mm.
1: Okay, so that's uh, what I'm hearing there then is is clearly a lot of patience just sitting with it and, and accepting that these things take time. I think the point there as well you raised about you know, the conversion, so how many people come before somebody buys. Um, and then I know from from some of the research that I think uh, it was PayPal or eBay, eBay were doing, that even when people are going through to buy, you still get sort of uh, almost 7 out of 10 who who abort a the cart you know the shopping cart at the last second yeah so, they
0: abandon yeah. yeah
1: so many of those points so now this is I, I'm le- leading you into lots of sort of negative talk but I know that you know you've survived your first five years and things are going very well and your and everything is is growing you know at the the kind of rates that you've just been suggesting, and a lot of this, as I said at the outset, you put down to your systems and processes. And I think Magnus, your partner, your husband, had um, some input there. So, can perhaps you can talk to us a little bit about what you actually did even before you started?
0: Yeah. So my husband's background is um, IT and fashion. Uh, sorry, IT and finance within the right. fashion industry. Oh, okay. So he, That's um, which is. Yeah, and my background is in marketing, so I had no retail experience before we went into this, Um, but we wanted to do something that one of us, at least one of us had experience in, and I had a personal interest in it, so um, it kind of made sense. Mm. But um, so he's used to, um, you know, he understands the whole process of the fashion industry from the design process through to, you know, implementing you know setting up the stores and doing all of their IT and all the technical stuff so having his knowledge he um, was able to set everything up for us without us having to pay a fortune
1: mm. for all
0: these systems to be set up um, so he's implemented barcode systems and um, yeah just a lot of automation so that we're not manually you know typing orders in and writing shipping labels and all of that kind of stuff
1: and so you had um, a, a lot of this stuff from the outset as well so in many ways it sounds like you had um you know you'd built the kind of foundations of a much larger business um right from the get-go which is is again something that um a, a lot of us uh dream about and know we ought to be doing but you actually did it so presumably you're you're really reaping the benefits of that now
0: that's right we wanted to um he's very much the type of person who, if you can't do it properly, don't do it at all. Mm. So, and, you know, it's, it was very easy for him. It was second nature just to set it all up. He wouldn't, he didn't even think of doing it any other way. So I remember laughing because we started, um, we had a space in our home for all the stock when we first started. And um, I just remember laughing at how advanced our systems were because it was just ridiculous. Like what? we just didn't need so much um, you know, all of these fancy things. But as we grew, and we didn't need to change our systems, we just grew into them because they were so scalable. Mm. Um, it's only, you know, the last two or so years that I'm actually really understanding how important these systems and um, all this technology is, because it's just, it's saved us on staff costs, it avoids human error, it's just amazing like i'd recommend it to any online store
1: sure so when when you started though and you know there's magnus kind of putting all these um if you like bigger company kind of systems and processes into your business and then presumably he's saying okay dominique where are the customers you know you're the marketing person where are the customers i mean how did how did you both kind of sit with that there you were with all of this stuff set up um but not enough people coming did you how what sort of where did you find your resilience to get through that phase
0: yeah um i guess to be honest um we we didn't have you know we had nowhere near the sales that we had now but um the traffic that we had originally wasn't too bad because i do have a marketing background so okay. I, I am i do have um experience in driving traffic to sites um but i guess it's always different when it's a client's budget versus your own budget. Sure. Um, but yeah, I really used um, Facebook and Instagram as back, you know, f- four or five years ago it was very different to what it is now. Sure. Um, and I really leveraged those um, kind of free channels yep. to drive our audience and we also really focused on building a very big um, newsletter list so we could remarket to those people at very little cost.
1: Got you. Okay, so in fact whilst... Whilst traffic might not have been as high as you'd want it, what I'm, what I'm guessing from you is that you knew what you were doing, and you were, you were therefore able to kind of reassure yourself. No, this is okay. This is the way this works. This is how this happens. So, and I guess, did you find the the fact that you have your partner and life partner so heavily involved in the business uh, is that a great reassurance to you? Does it, you know, does it? It doesn't work for everybody, but it sounds like it works for the two of you.
0: Um, yeah, it's funny, I guess most people don't get to see that side of their partner. It's just, um, you know, they only see the relationship side, but I've been lucky enough to see his business side and it's, um, for us, it works really well because we have such different skill sets and, um, yeah, it's just interesting. Like when I have an idea and I always run it by him and he says, no, that's not going to work because of this. And he'll always yeah. think of things that maybe I haven't thought of and vice versa. Oh,
1: okay. So, um, so yeah, you, it seems to you work you have some lot lively lot. discussions, but you're not, the dinner table is not um, totally business conversation. No. no. Well, before
0: we had kids, we would have like we'd set up a weekly meeting. We'd actually have a breakfast meeting. <laughs> we'd oh, go okay. through anything that we'd come up, anything that had popped up that week. Um, you know, we'd go through it together. Now that we've got kids, we only use business hours to talk about work stuff. And once we go home, it's we switch off. Unless there's something really urgent, but yeah, otherwise, sure. yeah, we switch
1: off. Okay. So in your marketing, you're you're saying that you use uh, you certainly used social a great deal. Are you yeah. finding you know as you as you've uh, mentioned things have changed a great deal with Facebook and Instagram? How are you, what's your your kind of process now with that? Are you still are they still as important to you you using them differently are you adding new things how does that operate
0: yeah I'm definitely using them differently and um, spending a lot less time on them because the reward is just much less so Mm. um, Instagram used to be amazing at driving sales and it still does drive some sales but um, because of all these algorithm changes people just aren't not as many people are seeing the posts yep. and it takes a long time to, you know, create the content and the copy and schedule everything and, you know, post it and, you know, you have to post at certain times and I've kind of decided I don't really want to be on my phone at eight o'clock at night, even though that's peak time. Right. I'd rather be doing you know, something else. family time. Yep. Yeah. So it's just, it's just not worth the time that goes into it. So I've pulled back a lot.
1: Okay. Um, and what Instagram. have you replaced that, that sort of effort with?
0: Um, so we're still posting. I'm just not posting as often. Yeah. Um, and with Facebook, I guess most of our um, activity on Facebook is paid ads rather than um, relying so much on the free page post.
1: Sure. Okay. All right, so you've basically just decided, okay, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to get notice, I'm going to have to pay for it, which of course, is what Facebook wants us all to do. Um, yeah. but you've obviously found the um the level at which that that's kind of working well for you. so how do you 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 say that you're largely working by yourself? I know that you know Magnus <clears throat> is involved but not all day every day. How do you um what sort of systems do you use yourself to stay? Focused and motivated. You've got two very young kids, so it's not like you haven't got your hands full. How what's your secret to uh, sort of getting up and getting on with it every day?
0: Um, I don't know. So many people ask me that and I just I'm <laughs> never in a rut. Answer. I just I don't have a, a good answer, sorry. It's okay. just um I just love it. It's just mm. for me it feels like a hobby. Obviously we're not you know, we're a business, but um I could just do it all day, every day. It's just for me I love it. It's fashion and it's you know, it's just fun. It's there's so much variety. It's just you can't get bored with it.
1: <laughs> well, that's brilliant. And look, and I would—I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I'm going to anyway. Would it be, to some extent, that all the bits of the business that that can uh, impact, particularly creative people, and you sound like a very creative person in your business? A lot of those things that can sometimes drain the creative brain, you've systematized and, if that's a word, and automated. Does that? Do you think that p- plays a part in your ability to get up and do what you love?
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, I have no idea with financials and, you know, paying the baths and all this kind of stuff.
1: Right. Okay. So
0: because I'm not getting tied down in things that I don't enjoy and things that I don't really understand – I can just focus on the stuff that I'm good at and the stuff that I enjoy. And, um, yeah, I'm constantly, you know, being challenged and I guess just working at my own pace because I don't have to report to anyone else.
1: Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds, look, you know, we know that, um, kind of freedom and autonomy are a couple of the things that, uh, the, the, the biggest drivers in running a solo business. So you're enjoying that, but I'd, I do strongly get this sense that you have managed and okay, you've delightfully been able to outsource to the person you share your life with, which is you know kind of convenient and not. not not necessarily available to everybody but I think Mm. what you're an example of is how you've been able to design your business in the way that you're focusing on the things that you love and you have outsourced even though Magnus might not like that wording you've you know outsourced the other roles to other people and using systems and processes to do it which is a beautiful situation to get to that not everyone can get to but, um, mm. but, obviously... but I kind
0: of think, like, you need to invest in your own business because otherwise, mm. you know, if you treat it like a hobby, it will be a hobby. Yes. You need to not be scared to put money in. And, for example, um, Magnus could have easily designed and built our website, but we've outsourced that from the start because his time is better spent on other things.
1: Mm, that's a great point. So,
0: plan. yeah.
1: And where do, looking forwards then, you've got your kids now are both under three, two children under three, is that right? yeah yeah okay so pretty busy busy years I'm casting my mind back but I remember that period that's pretty busy so as you look forwards where do you think the business may have kind of evolved what's the what's the future plan you're doing you're clearly very organized at planning before you started now you've been going for five years where do you think you might be in the next five years
0: well we've just um just this year we're launching um up to 10 years
1: All so right.
0: um since we've launched until the end of last year, we've only stocked from zero to five-year-olds. Okay. But we've just realised, oh, we're losing our customers. So we did that um, strategically because we thought, mm. you know, it's a very niche market and um, people will think of, when they think of baby, they'll think of us. But then we've realised, oh, we've put all this work in and built a really good customer base. We've got so many repeat customers. Their kids are starting to outgrow our clothes now. Right. We want to keep them longer. So now that we've, you know, We feel like we're established enough. It was just the next step for us to go to extend up to 10 years. Um, So we'll see how that goes off over the next couple of years, I guess. And um, we're always looking for, you know, new brands, so expanding through, um, you know, more categories and just more brands.
1: Yeah, okay. So that's interesting, isn't it, that you're following your customers. And I was also wondering... How will it be when your own children have kind of got to the top of that that age range? I mean, where does it end? You're gonna you're gonna keep adding five years on every few years. I doubt it. But it's interesting that um, you know there you are with nought to fives. And yes, those those kids after five years are now moving older. So you know, moving into a different age range. So that will be interesting for you. Does that has it changed the the sort of nature of your business by adding on that extra sort of five year age range?
0: Well, not yet. Not, sorry, not yet. We haven't okay. actually gone live with it because oh, okay. um, it starts, yeah, it's it's going to start when the next um, season of stock that starts arriving later this month. Mm. Um, that will be up to 10 years. So, yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. But I think there's always room to, to grow. I don't know if we'd go higher in age with the name Baby Dino, but no. I just think we'll probably
1: <laughs> go, you know offer more wide. categories yes, and more. Okay. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: And have you added um, – I mean, you've gone I know you've added some sort of uh, interiors and toys um, as, as a, a, a kind of a move from when you first started. Have you looked yeah. at or considered going in any other directions? Are you? Is there anything else that's kind of on your radar, any – I don't know, any uh, sort of meet-up type events or bricks-and-mortar stores or anything along those lines?
0: Um, we have considered – when we first launched, we actually did um, – we use one of the baby and toddler expos to launch um, our website, but it's just a lot of work to set up and you know man those stores and you know we're being an online only store. We're not really designed for that. Like all of our stock is um, kept packaged up, mm. and you know we don't have payment terminals and you know just making the store look visu- visually attractive. Um, it's a lot of man hours for in my opinion, very little return. Yeah. So um, I think we'll stick to online for now.
1: Yeah, okay. And where do most of your customers come from? Are the most of them local, Australian?
0: Yeah, mostly. So when we first launched, we actually offered free international shipping. So it was probably about 30% of our business came from overseas. But now, because there's been just a lot of changes with import taxes in different countries and there's a lot of new online stores that have opened Um, across the world people don't really need to shop from us so we've just focused on more on domestic so yeah it's probably about five percent of our business international and everyone else Australia
1: yeah okay great so again another good sort of learning that you know as as you said at the beginning a lot of people when they're starting out they think put a website up and suddenly you're going to get traffic um, which we know is not the case and also I think sometimes when people are starting they imagine not only they're going to get traffic but they're going to get stacks of international traffic and that isn't always the case but also, also what you're learning is well actually that's not the best opportunity for your business anyway you know you it's better for you to build a stronger reputation locally and and you know you can you can build a, quite a delightful business um based on on domestic sales so that's another great learning
0: yeah i guess for us we're not manufacturing products we're not um anything that people can buy in our store can also be found in many other stores so um, you know unless it's cheaper or faster shipping or cheaper shipping there's no reason for them to shop with us so we don't Mm. really want to compete in that space just on a price basis Um, it worked really well when we launched but you know things have changed so much and um, we've just you know we've always analyzed what are we paying for you know international shipping and how long is the shipping taking and um, we've just kind of pulled back because we just didn't think it was worthwhile.
1: Mm, okay. All right. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us. And, and again, I think that, you know, what's lo- lovely to hear is that you you structured your business so much from the outset with these systems and processes. Um, and it sounds like now, after five years, you're really reaping the benefits of that. And, you know, it's just lovely to hear somebody who gets up every day and just can't wait to get on with their work because you've designed your business in a way that the work you do is the work you love, which is... Pretty damn good. Any any final tips to to share with our audience on your systems and processes journey?
0: Um, I guess just just automate as much as you can. So whatever you're spending time on, um, just research and see if there's any way that you can, you know, not be spending lots of man hours in your business when you can take a step back and –
1: you know work on growing your business mm, great, great advice and i guess that's particularly those things that drain you the things that kind of sap you of your energy which which you've you've clearly worked out very very neatly is uh, they're the things to be looking at getting help or getting uh, systems to outsource so um dominique thank you so much for joining us mm-hmm. and uh sharing your your knowledge and your learnings with flying solo thank you
0: Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Okay. And look, now before I go, everybody, a quick reminder to check out Work Your Way, our new online course. The place to go is soloism.com, where you can use the promo code podcast for a healthy little intro discount.
0: And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes.